A lot of times uh, during the week, I like to go to different churches' websites, and I like to listen to preachers preach. And uh, I, I, I found a, a website of a black church a few weeks ago, and I, I, I've listened to some of his sermons, and I, I was listening to one a couple of weeks ago uh, where he was preaching a, a, a sermon entitled, what I entitled my sermon this morning, A Filler Up God. One of the text verses he was using was that verse in the New Testament where Paul says, I buffet my body daily. And uh, Paul was talking about where he beat himself often to keep himself in, con- in, in subjection to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, this black, black preacher was using a play on words. Instead of buffet like beat, he was saying buffet like buffet. And he says, I buffet my body daily. And, he, he's, and, and I identified with him because he says, I like to go to those places where they let you eat all you want, like the Golden Corral. Or I remember when uh, Harold and Betty was uh, alive that they and Peggy would go every day to, uh, what was that place called, uh, Peggy? What was that name of that restaurant you guys went to, the buffet? The Old Country Buffet. Okay, yeah, that was it, the Old Country Buffet. And so he, he was saying, I like to buffet my body daily because I like to get filled. And he said, God likes it. And I don't know if God likes buffets or not, likes us go to buffets or not. Most of us, when we go to buffet, we sin because we overindulge and eat too much. But he says, God likes us to buffet our body daily because God is a God that likes to fill us up. He's a God that likes to fill us up. And he fills in the New Testament, he, in the Bible, not just the New Testament, but in the Bible, he has filled different things. In Exodus chapter 40, verse 34, the Bible says, Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. In Numbers chapter 14, verse 21, But as, as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. In 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 11, So that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. Habakkuk 2.14, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Jeremiah 23.24, can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord, do not I fill heaven and earth, saith the Lord. I read Adam, had Adam read a verse from Psalm, verse 81, verse 10. I am the Lord God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. God had brought his people out of Egypt. They had been slaves for over 400 years. And he sent Moses with a message, let my people go. And and Pharaoh didn't comply right, right away. God had to show his power. And so he sent 10 different plagues into the land of Egypt. And finally, Pharaoh agreed to let uh, God's people go. And uh, they made their way to the promised land. They were disobedient. They didn't go when they first got there. And they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years to pay the price of their disobedience. But while they were in the wilderness, six days a week and double on, on, uh, on Friday because Saturday was the Sabbath, But six days a week, God sent manna from heaven to fill his people. In Exodus chapter 16, verse 12, the Bible says, At even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. 
So for 40 years, as his people were wandering in the wilderness, God sent bread from heaven, not just a little bit, not just a small amount, but enough so that every day his people could be filled with the bread from heaven. We have a filler-up God. We, like, we have a God who likes to fill us up. In Luke chapter, uh, in, 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 uh, in, in Mark, I'm sorry, in Mark chapter 6, uh, we read the story. It's recorded in the, some of the other Gospels as well. But Jesus was teaching. There were 5,000 men, the Bible says, gathered, plus women and children, listening to him teach and listening to him preach. It got close to evening. The disciples said, came to Jesus and said, we need to send these people home. And Jesus said, well, we can't send them home until we feed them. And his disciples said, well, where are we going to find enough food out here on this mountainside to feed all these people? Probably 15,000 people was like any other Baptist meeting. There's usually twice as many women and children as there are men. And Jesus said, we're not going to send them home until we feed them. And Andrew found a little boy, had a lunch, two little pieces of fish and five bread. Jesus said, have them all sit down. Have everybody sit down. We're going to feed them with this little lunch. And Jesus prayed and began to break the bread and break the fish. And listen to what the Bible says. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish divided he among them all. And they did all eat and were filled. Every single person that there that was there, every single person that was there that day got their fill. They didn't walk away from that mountainside hungry. They were filled up by a God. By the way, that's why I think they were Baptists. Because us Baptists like to eat. We'll eat at a drop of a hat. And there are no better cooks than Baptist cooks. Uh, Amen. And so Jesus took that small lunch, filled up that crowd. We have a filler up God. Now, I want to tell you something this morning. I know I have to be brief because I don't have much time. But we have a God this morning that is just as much concerned about us as he was his people as they were walking through the wilderness as he fed them with manna every day. We have a God that's just as much concerned about us today as he was that crowd that gathered on the mountainside that day, heard him teach, heard him preach, when he took those two little fishes and those five pieces of bread and fed them all and filled them up. We have a God this morning that wants to fill us up. And my message this morning is very simple. I want to tell you the three things that he wants to fill us up with. Number one, our God wants to fill us up with his righteousness. You see, our God wants every single one of us to have eternal life. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, the Bible says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's why John 3.16 is in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, the Bible, and so God wants everybody to have everlasting life. But the Bible teaches that only the righteous shall have everlasting life. In the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verse 46, the Bible says says this, And these, the unrighteous, shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. So God wants everybody to have life eternal. God wants everybody to go to heaven. But the only ones that get to go, 
the only ones that get to go to heaven are the righteous. Well, you see, we have a problem. Because the book of Romans, chapter 3, verse 10, that's referring back to Psalm 14, that's referring back to Psalm 53, says this, As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. And I, by the way, I certainly agree with that observation. Sometimes when I was married, when my wife was still alive, and I got to thinking that I was all right in certain areas, my wife had a way of kindly and sweetly reminding me that I wasn't all right in those areas. She reminded me that I was not righteous. Now, since she's gone, God has put other people in my life, like my mother and my brother and a few others who will go nameless because they're sitting in this room this morning, (laughs) who remind me every now and then that I'm not perfect, that I am not righteous, that I fall under that category. There is none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says, for all have sinned, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that's the key. That's the secret. When I compare my righteousness to other people, I can probably find more people that I'm more righteous than they are. But when I compare my righteousness to the, to the glory of God, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, I come up far short. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah that all our righteousnesses in his sight are as filthy rags. So how do I get God's righteousness? How, how do I get the righteousness that will take me to heaven? I read a story one time that illustrates how to get it. A young Indian boy came to his chief and said, Chief, I need for you to tell me how to find God. I want to find God. I need God in my life. How do I find God? The chief said, I'll show you. Come with me. He took him down to the river, took him out in the middle of the river. The water was up to about their, the, little, the, the boy's chest. And all of a sudden, the chief grabbed him and stuck his head under the water and held him there and held him there. And held him there. And just like, just about when the little boy thought he was done for, the chief pulled him out and he took a deep breath. The chief said, when I was holding you under, how bad did you want to breathe? And the little boy said, I wanted to breathe more than anything else. I mean, there's nothing else I wanted to do. I just wanted to take a breath. And And the chief said, when you hunger for God that much, then you will find him. In the book of Matthew, the, the, the Bible says, uh, they that hunger after righteousness, in Matthew 5.16, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. When we come to the point in our life where we realize that we are not righteous, that we are under the condemnation of sin, that we have no hope for heaven, and we long for something that makes us right with God, we, we hunger for that thing that will make us right with God, then God will do what we cannot do for ourselves. He will fill us with his righteousness. In the book of Romans, chapter 5, the Bible says, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth or proved his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, when we were an unrighteous, unholy person, Christ died for us. 
much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. This morning, our filler up God. I don't know if he likes buffets or not, but I know we have a God that wants to fill us up. And one of the things he wants to fill us up with is his righteousness. Have you been filled with his righteousness? Have you trusted Christ as your Savior? He wants to save you. He died to save you. He will do, and he will do everything that he can to get you to come to him and receive that righteousness. Let him fill you with it this morning. Something else he wants to fill you with. Number two, he wants to fill you with his spirit. His spirit. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. God says, not only do I want to fill you with my righteousness so that you can have eternal life, I want, you to, I want to fill you with my Spirit so that you have the power to live that life. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Think about the people in the New Testament. Think about the people that had the power of God on their life, who had the power to live the life that God gave them to live. Think about them. What was their secret? John the Baptist, their secret was they were filled with the Spirit of God. John the Baptist was filled with the Spirit. In Luke chapter 1, verse 15, For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's how John the Baptist could stand before the publicans. That's how John the Baptist could stand before the Pharisees. That's how John the Baptist could stand and say, Hey, I'm preaching about the kingdom of God, but there's one coming after me whose shoes I am not worthy to latch up. I baptize him with water, but he'll baptize him with the fire from heaven. John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Ghost. Stephen was. As they were stoning him, the Bible says, But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven. Peter was filled with the Holy Ghost. Then Peter filled with the Holy Ghost. Paul was filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. The miracles that Jesus worked, the, the, the thing that brought him back from the dead was not his power as God, but his, the fact that he was filled with the Spirit of God. It says in Romans eight thirteen. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your immortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Listen, you don't have to live a defeated life as a Christian. You don't have to live in discouragement. You don't have to let sin win. You don't have to let the old man live win. There is is something that lives in you that is more powerful that is in this world. And that something that lives in you is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God. How How do you get filled with his spirit? Same way that you get his righteousness. In Isaiah 44, verse 3, And I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed. 
You don't have to live the Christian life with your own strength. You don't have to do it with just what you have. You have a power that God is willing to fill you with, that you can have a victorious life in Christ, that you can defeat the, 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 the sin of the old man, that you can defeat the longings of the old man, and you can live a life that God wants you to live, not in your own strength, but in the strength of the Holy Spirit of God. He wants to fill us with his righteousness. He wants to fill us with his Holy Spirit. Number three, he wants to fill us with his blessing. His blessing. And and again, I'll just get right to the point. God not only wants us to have eternal life. And listen, listen, listen. Eternal life doesn't start when you get to heaven. Eternal life starts when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Eternal life is being one with God. And you're one with God when you get saved. You'll come, yes, into his presence once you get to heaven. But you live in his presence as a Christian now. So he wants you to have eternal life. He wants you to have the Holy Spirit so you have the power to live that life. And then he wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. What, 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 what's the secret of getting the blessings of God? It's real simple. You give away what you got and make room so that he can bless you. It says in the book of Malachi, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse. There, there may be meat in my house. Prove me, test me now, herewith saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Same truth in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over. God says, give away what you got and I'll bless you. And by the way, don't go out of here and say, well, the preacher says if I give to God, God will bless me with money. I'm not saying that. Some of the blessings of God are money, but some of the sweetest blessings of God don't come in monetary form. They come in other ways. God says, you give away what you got, and I'll fill your life. And and, and as I talked about in Sunday school, God doesn't do anything halfway. He doesn't just fill us us to the top. He shakes us and presses it down and fills us so that it overflows. I, I, I read the story of Lot, Abraham and Lot, a, a, a lot. I read about Lot, a lot. Uh, and, 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 and listen, Lot was blessed not because he was a righteous guy. I don't think he, I mean, I think he was saved. I think he'll be in heaven. The Bible says righteous Lot. But Lot was blessed by God because he was hanging around somebody who God poured so much blessing on it just overflowed and got to the people that were around him. God blessed his uncle Abraham, and Lot received the the overflow from uncle Abraham. So God says, I'll do more than just fill you. I'll overflow you. But you start the process. You give, and then I'll bless. By the way, that's the secret to all three of these things. Give up your righteousness. It's all filthy rags. In God's sight anyway. Just give it up. Quit trying to win God's approval by the good that you do. Quit trying to win God's approval by the righteousness you can offer up to him. In his sights, it's all his filthy rags. And let him fill you with his righteousness. Get rid of your spirit. Huh? Kill your, get rid of your spirit so that he can fill you with his spirit. You see, when my spirit dwells in different parts of my life, 
God says, I can't put my spirit there. You're full already. You empty yourself out of your spirit, God says, I'll fill you with my spirit. And you give away what you got. And I, I will replace it not only to the top, but so that it's overflowing. Amen. Would you let God do that to you this morning? If you're here and you've never been saved, he wants to fill you with his righteousness. His righteousness is the only righteousness that will get you into heaven. You won't get there with yours. If you've been saved, would you let him fill you with his spirit? We, can't, we, we shouldn't try to live in this world in our own spirit. We'll fail. We will not be the kind of Christian that God wants us to be. But his power that comes and takes up residence in every area of our life that we'll give to him is greater, is greater than he that is in the world. Talking about Satan. Would you let him fill you? Would you? That's what he wants to do this morning. Now, some of you probably have plans this afternoon. You're going to go out to eat, and maybe some of you will go to a buffet, and you'll eat. In fact, Joseph and Tammy, they used the extra hour this morning. They went to the big boy buffet for breakfast. Joseph came in, Pastor, you're going to have to preach loud today, otherwise my eyes are going to be shut. And so far, I've kept them awake back there. But some of you may go, and you may enjoy. Nothing wrong with buffeting your body. I don't know about doing it daily, but nothing wrong with doing it every, every once in a while from that standpoint. But why wouldn't we let God, who wants to fill us with stuff that's better than bread and fish, and better than any food, Why wouldn't we let God fill us with his righteousness, with his spirit, with his blessing? Would you do that this morning? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the instruction that it gives us. Thank you for being a God that wants to fill us, willing to fill us, wants us to go to heaven, wants us to be saved, wants us to have power in our life, wants us to enjoy the blessings that you have in store for all your children. Help us to put aside our own stuff. Help us to put aside our righteousness, our spirit, our possessions. Help us to empty ourselves out so that you can fill us. I pray if there's somebody here that's never received Christ as their Savior, they'll come in the next few moments, admit their sin, the fact that they're not righteous, and come and receive the righteousness that Christ offers to them. I pray if there's somebody here that's a Christian, that's still keeping part of their life closed to the Holy Spirit, that they'll open it this morning. Just speak to our hearts. Help us to be obedient to what you tell us to do. Bless this time of invitation. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.